2: Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to help make the world run better and be a better place with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. What's the buzz on the street today? Well, let's see what we've got. Oh, my. Very interesting quote from Ginny Rometty. If you're not familiar with her, IBM chairman, president, and CEO since 2012. And here's the quote. It will not be a world of man versus machine. It will be a world of man plus machines. Think about that. we got a little simple math in there. You can all do the math. Let me tell you what we are learning today about machine learning. You may have heard the term bandied about. You may even be using ML and AI for artificial intelligence and AR for augmented reality and all this new alphabet soup. And you're thinking, oh, sure, I know. I'm willing to bet a lot of you don't really know the genesis of machine learning. Let me just give you a little intro, then I'll tell you what we're talking about today, and then I will, with pleasure, introduce my two guests. In 1950, Alan Turing, now we've had him quoted on the show many times, he wrote a paper called Computing, Machinery, and Intelligence, and he proposed the question can machines think, he proposed that that be replaced with the question, can machines do what we as human thinking entities can do? So in 1959, just a few years later, a gentleman named Arthur Samuel decided to talk about how computers can learn without being explicitly programmed. That was what this is all about. So machine learning is considered a subfield of computer science. Using algorithms that iteratively learn from data, machine learning allows computers to find those hidden insights, those gems, if you will, without being explicitly told, where to look. You may be familiar with ML, machine learning applications. They're all around us. How about the Google self-driving car? That's the essence of machine learning. What about when you get a recommendation offer from Amazon or Netflix online? You didn't ask for it, but they're saying, you bought this, we think you'd like that. That is a machine learning application in everyday life. What about what customers are saying about you on Twitter? Well, that's machine learning combined with linguistic rule creation. And one more, it is helpful in fraud detection. Very important today. So let's talk about why we're talking about this today. Well, the human brain, I'm sorry to give you all the news. The human brain is too slow to uncover the complex, nuanced patterns in the huge, massive data that digital businesses around the world are creating today. Your business may in fact be digital. We certainly hope you are. And you know the data is just pouring in. So why is this a problem that humans can't figure out what's going on in all this data? Well, your company has to turn it into Intelligent insights. Why? Because your day to day operations need it. Your finance team needs it. Your HR needs it. Your sales and marketing teams need it. So, what are you going to do? And this takes me full circle. Machine learning can help harness those insights so you can integrate them into your business applications and your processes. Who benefits? Well, number one, you can grow your business, and who doesn't want that? Number two, optimize the efficiencies in your processes. Number three, support your employees. Everybody wants that. And number 4 woohoo, delight your customers. So we have two experts on this topic who are waiting so patiently for me to introduce them, but I thought it was important to start with some level setting, as I like to call it. In just a second, we'll be speaking with David Yonker. He spells his last name J-O-N-K-E-R. He's a Senior Director of Big Data Initiatives at SAP, and joining him is his colleague, Chandran Saravana, who's a Senior Director of Advanced Analytics at SAP. So David Yonker has sent me a quote from three little words to pack a punch on a sneaker. How about just do it, the Nike trademark? You may be interested to know that this is one of the core components of Nike's brand. And the slogan was coined back in 1988 at an ad agency meeting. I won't go into any more than that. Uh, By the way, their domestic sports shoe business escalated from 18 to 43 percent. That's from 877 million to 9.2 billion worldwide from 88 to 98. David Yonker, long way around. It's been too long. How have you been? I've
3: been great, Bonnie. Great to hear your voice again.
2: Thank you. You've certainly heard a lot of it. I don't usually do that much intro on Coffee Break with Game Changers, David, but I wanted to level set. Were the examples I gave the right ones for people to really understand what machine learning is? Tell me
3: uh yeah i think I thought they were uh, fantastic examples you know sort of setting it setting it up you know machine learning is one of these things that's hard to sort of um you know wrap the head around, which of course is the whole goal i think today right can we wrap our head around what machine learning is and, yeah. and why organizations can care so you know there's lots of different applications across every industry, every line of business every um you know, every part of your world, your personal life, uh, you know, so on and so forth. So, you know, it's one of these things where, you know, the use cases are, um, uh, you know, depending on who you are, you'll gravitate to some use cases more so than others in terms of wrapping your head around what machine learning really is.
2: So, David, let's go back to those three little words. As I said, they don't pack a punch. They pack a swoosh on a, on a sneaker, the <laughs> <Yeah>. Nike <laughs> trademark. So tell me something. What does that have to do with machine learning? Just do it
3: yeah great question. Actually, in the swish is a nice little touch. I hadn't really thought about that when I sort of uh provided the quote cloak- quote um you know just do it is really this idea of um, you know, machine learning is not something that happens in the back office necessarily, or you know, happens in in uh, you know some the ivory tower of research. Uh, you know, the place where machine learning needs to happen um, is uh, in your daily operations, in your day to day organization, and it's just it's about just getting out there and doing it. Right, uh, it's an iterative thing. You, le- you know, the systems, the machines, they learn over time, um, and so the more you do, the more they can learn, um, and uh, and so hence the reason just do it. And the swish is kind of a nice touch because the more you do it, the more you just do it. Um, you know, the further along the swish you are, right? And if it, the swish is a bit of a hockey stick, you know, in terms of the results that you see.
2: Thank you very much, David. I really appreciate that. Were you surprised also about what Ginny Romney said, uh, the opening quote, it will not be a world of man versus machine, it will be a world of man plus machines? I'm not sure when she said it, but uh, what do you think? Is she spot on? She is. You know, there's...
3: um, uh, if we we can look back at actually history uh, you know to sort of give a paint a picture for us about the future with machine learning in my opinion um, you know back in the 18th uh, century right through the industrial Revolution machines were sort of seen as taking over the world or that was a big concern very much like it is today with machine learning um, and uh, and that world very much was a world of, of man plus machine it wasn't a man versus machine I mean it was set up that way, and there was a lot of worry from people. Uh, there were, uh, you know, if you if you go back in the history books, look at the Luddites. They were out smashing mm-hmm. the machines back then, um, you know, and because they were worried about what it was doing. They lots of claims about how machines would never be able to do what humans do, you know, in terms of manufacturing goods and stuff like that. Um, but of course, you know, now looking back hundreds of years we can see just the dramatic impact, positive impact it's had on our society, on our economy, on our own personal wealth right in in the western world. So, um, I very much am a proponent that machine learning is a is a uh, man or uh woman or person plus machine uh kind of uh, future for us.
2: Person plus machine, very nice touch. <laughs> Swoosh! we'll check that one off. Thank you very much. Spell she says. Jimmy, Ginny Romedy is the first woman to hold all of those titles at IBM. Very very interesting. And so we have to we have to say that David and David, thank you. And now let's bring on your colleague, our second guest today. By the way, in the opening, I said welcome, welcome, welcome. I kind of cheated on that because when it's only two people on the panel, I usually just say two welcome. So I threw the audience off a little bit. But the two of you. Have so much to say. So I'm pleased to welcome Chandran Saravana, S A R A V A N A, if you're looking him up, Senior Director. Advanced Analytics at SAP. And Chandran is quoting somebody who has never been quoted on Coffee Break Radio before. It's SAP's own CEO, Bill McDermott. And if you're looking up, Bill, go just look him up on on Google, and there's a Wikipedia page about him, M-C-D-E-R-M-O-T-T, William R. Bill McDermott. Uh, He's a young guy. You can find that out. And he was raised right here on Long Island, where I am from. He was a teenage entrepreneur. He bought a local deli. That's a delicatessen, if you want to know what that means, for $7,000 in promissory notes. And I recently watched a video that was taped at the new SAP offices in Hudson Yards, where Bill was talking about how he made that so specific to the local community needs. He offered services none of his big, huge competitors were offering. And he did so well, he paid his way through college. He ended up becoming the president of Gartner, the EVP at Siebel Systems, and now he is our proud proud CEO at SAP. Here's the quote Chandran has selected from Bill McDermott. Everything has to start with empathy for the end user. Chandran, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? Great morning. Great to be here. Thank you for joining us. So, talk to me. How did you pick the quote from Bill McDermott for a show about machine learning? Empathy and machine learning in the same sentence, I'm having a problem with. you got to help me with, Chandra.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It basically does encapsulate everything, right? So, the end user it could be your customer, your intermediary, whoever it might be. you got to have an empathy, right? When you have an empathy, you are producing a fantastic uh, end user experience. That could be your product, services, or even whatever, the computer program, he's interacting with it, right? It's not just machine learning. It encapsulates everything you do it in this uh, world on a day-to-day basis. How it relates to machine learning, uh, it's very interesting, right? So uh, this is the one of the key things when it comes to the machine learning. Uh, if you look at the history, man versus machine, Machine can do many things, uh, but mm-hmm. there's always an uh, disproportionate capabilities when it comes to humans, you have uh, cognitive abilities, you able to think it, you're able to respond to certain type of emotions and other stuff, right? So this mm-hmm. is where the parity comes between machines and uh, and a human. And mm-hmm. when a machine has an empathy encapsulated into it, like you know, how it can respond to mm-hmm. a certain type of emotions and a body languages, uh, that is in uh, a profound impact. Uh, end experience. Uh, so everything has to do with your customer experience, whether you are selling in a product or services, whatever it might be in this world, right? in a business world, your customer is a key here. So you have to give that experience. In order to do that, you have to have an empathy in the end user experience. So that encapsulate that quote, actually. I really love it.
2: Thank you very much. I do too. It's it's such a an applicable quote. And it reminds me of some some similar statements from Steve Jobs. Uh, we have to keep the people in the people and machines. I know David Yonker will appreciate that. David, I'm circling around the table to you. It's a small table today, but I know the two of you have so much to say on this topic, and I want to learn along with my listeners. So, David, let's learn a little bit about you right now. The last time you, you were on the show, if I remember correctly, David, you brought me the production team from the documentary film, The Human Face of Big Data. Am I right, David?
3: That I think that might be right. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to remember. It's been a little while since I've been on the show. But yes, we had a
2: great time. A couple of years. Yeah, we Sandy certainly did. Yep. On the team. That's right. And and talk about human face and Chandran just brought up empathy and big data. I think we the title of that documentary covered a little bit of everything that we're talking about today. So David, we want to know where are you right now? Where are you calling from? We don't want the Google coordinates of the roof of your house or your <laughs> office. Not quite that up close. And we'd love to know what you're drinking if it's something that makes you happy. If not, what would you rather be drinking as in what's in your cup today, David Yonker? Talk to me.
3: Perfect. Yeah, so I am calling in from actually today, Sunny uh, Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. Um, so it's about an, it's so up in Canada. It's about an hour west of uh, of Toronto. So people probably know that as a point of reference. Maybe you don't know where it is on the map, but it, you know you've at least heard of Toronto. So um, it's a it's a uh, I won't call it a sleepy little town. It's a small town, um, but. Uh, but a burgeoning town, very rapidly growing tech industry. Um, it's often called Silicon Valley North, um, mm. as in, in Canada. You know, and lots of big tech companies have a huge presence here um, and just because of the proximity of the university. So, uh, and I, I'm looking out my window. It is a beautiful, sunny day. Uh, we There is no snow. There's grass, although there is talk of flurries on the weekend. So, but we'll, we'll, we'll hope that that passes. Um the uh, What do I have in my cup? I've got. It's a, a little chilly out today. Um, it's uh, you know just hovering uh, above uh, a freezing mark. Uh, I was going to say zero for all of us on the metric system, for you poor Americans still on the internet.
2: <laughs> go easy. Go easy. Come on. Be nice. <laughs>
3: yeah, it'd, be, it'd be 40-ish or so, um, but uh, I've got uh, a what's called a chai fog. I don't know if you've heard of a chai fog before. Um, no. It is a... It is a, essentially a latte made with uh, chai tea um, and, uh, and a bit of cinnamon on top. And it is a wonderful drink to get going in the morning, let me tell you.
2: Well, David, that's an interesting coincidence. Yesterday on one of our Game Changers radio shows, a guest spoke about his chai latte. And I had to look it up oh. because, to me, latte is not tea, it's coffee. And I think we all have a problem with that that leap of faith. And now you're saying cinnamon. And what do you call it? A chai fog. Yeah, because
3: yeah, you can also get what's called a London fog. Now, a London fog. It's a raincoat. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a raincoat. It's, it's a, it's a uh, sorry. It's a... Um, yeah, <laughs> no problem. It's, it's typically a, uh, so it's a chai, um, or, or it's a latte as well, but instead of chai tea, it's actually made with Earl Grey. So hence the London. Uh, you know they all love their Earl Grey tea. So, but yeah, I am not a coffee drinker. I am a tea drinker, um, and have always been. I've tried coffee. I just can't do it. I apologize for everyone on the on the phone who loves their coffee and their espresso. You don't have been. to
2: apologize. <laughs> if you look up chai, C H A I fog, you will get a oh my goodness a plethora of websites. Uh, Starbucks London fog tea latte. Anyone try it on Chowhound? You get Tivana, London Fog Tea Latte at the Starbucks Coffee Company. You get Dr. Fog Milk Series Chai Latte e Liquid on a website called le vapwholesale.com. There's a Dr. Fog. Did you know that, David?
3: I did not know that, actually. Is that a, oh, a my- comic book character?
2: It says all Dr. Fogg Milk Series e-juice flavors. Oh, my goodness gracious. It's a milk series called Chai Latte. We're just going to leave that one alone. It's getting a little weird here. Okay, thank you very much. And now let's go back to thank you for all of the information. We know a lot. And by the way, David, uh, your colleague, our colleague at SAP, Kirsten Boyleau, who sponsors our social selling with Game Changers, she changed her series name to Changing the Game with So—no, Kirsten, Kirsten, Kirsten. Yes, Kirsten is yep. social Kirsten cell. Loyal. Yeah, she's the. Yep. I have right. I I was trying to think of the series. I have fourteen series I'm producing all at the same time right now, and my children all get mixed up in my head. Yes, she's from Waterloo, Canada as well. So a she shout is. out to Kirsten. Yes, yep. yes, yes. She's a friend so it's,
3: and in the office. Yeah, we share office. It's famous for uh, both
2: of you. It's Waterloo is on the map, the Silicon Valley of the North for David and Kirsten. There you go. And now, Chandra and Saravana, where are you calling from? And what's in your cup right now, or what would you rather be drinking? Go ahead.
4: Oh, uh, bonnie. So I'm calling from North Carolina, sunny North Carolina, sunny today. It's, uh, I'm in Cary, North Carolina.
2: Uh-huh.
4: Two or three miles from uh, the airport, uh, raleigh Durham Airport. And this is one of the fastest-growing areas and this is ranked uh, almost last 10 years, I would say, one of the best place to live in entire East Coast. So.
2: Well, I'm glad to know that because I'm looking at homes there right now, Chandran, so I may end up being a neighbor, but don't tell anybody. It's a big secret that I may relocate this year. So <laughs> don't tell a soul, David, don't tell a soul. Just It's just, just among the here. three of us. Thank you. So what are you drinking, Chandran? So I'm drinking an, an
4: Indian herb called an Indicus. It's just a species that basically helps you to keep your body very cool. Uh, and uh, it's, um, uh, it's basically in a syrup. And you use the syrup and put a couple of ice cubes and lemon and you make the drink. And it's really good, actually.
2: Okay. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad it's really good, and I'm going to give the two of you a break, hopefully a pause that refreshes. We're talking about a very interesting topic today. It's a buzzword that's been bandied about for years. Turns out, and and David and Chandra and I was tweeting before the show, do you think machine learning is a new concept? Not exactly. If Alan Turing and uh, Mr. Samuel were talking about it in the 1950s before both of you were born, I'm going to put good money on that. We're talking about machine learning trends, and this is part one. I've been talking to David Yonker for a while about doing a two parter on this topic because everybody's talking about it, but I'm not so sure everybody really understands it, and that's our goal. So, today we'll be talking about machine learning enabling the intelligent enterprise, and that's a loaded topic. That it means you either think you have an intelligent enterprise or you aspire for your enterprise to be intelligent, and we're going to tell you how machine learning can help you get there or stay there. David, is that a fair statement? You agree?
3: Very fair, absolutely.
2: We want to be fair, always fair and not not always balanced. Here we are. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I plan to be after the break delighted to be speaking about machine learning today with David Yonker and Chandran Saravana, both colleagues at SAP. We'll be right back. So don't even think of touching anything. 90 seconds. Have something fun to drink. Kevin out.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here.
0: We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up?
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com.
2: Here we are. We're back talking about Machine Learning Trends, Part 1, Enabling the Intelligent Enterprise. And I have two very enterprising and intelligent guests today, David Yonker and Chandran Saravana, both from SAP. David is going to start us off in the roundtable now with a very appropriate topic. He's heading this one, Why You Can't Take the Machine – Out of machine learning. Let me just read a little bit and then David will expand for us. He says machines, digital machines in particular, are a fundamental requirement for any machine learning initiative for two reasons. I'm going to let you explain all of that. What are the reasons? David, go ahead.
3: Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Bonnie. Yeah. You know, and, and it it's a, it's an interesting term, machine learning, right? And in some ways it should almost be called digital machine learning in the sense that um you know, the digital aspect of the machine is so so absolutely critical. Um and uh, and what I mean by that, so there's sort of two reasons why the sort of the machine is so fundamental to any sort of machine learning initiative. Obviously, the first one is Um, these machines or these digital machines or these machines that have a a sort of a digital exhaust are fundamental, right? So this digital exhaust is data of some sort. We need that data. It's sort of the fuel that drives any machine learning uh, algorithm or analysis, right? If you don't have data coming out of these digital machines, uh, if you don't have data sort of representing what's happening around us, uh, whatever that is, um, you, you know, there's no way that we can, uh, we can do the analysis. Now, a machine is fundamental. You know, whenever we digitize, even what we do as humans, um, you, you know, I'm speaking right now, but we're digitizing that through the headset that I'm wearing, right? And so once it's digitized, that can be analyzed, um, Every time I uh, move around in a space, uh, you know in order for for machine learning to happen, that has to be digitized through a camera or a sensor or anything you know to sort of make sense of that. so uh, we sometimes forget how pervasive uh, the machines are around us we 're all sort of attached to our mobile phones there 's a perfect example of a machine we 're carrying all the time so the one is we need this. This digital exhaust coming out of these machines, that's our data, and that's fundamental to sort of any machine learning analysis. The other aspect is that we're dependent on these machines, and in particular computing machines, to do the processing, to take the data, to process it, to find the necessary insights, right, to apply those uh, algorithms, those ma- typically mathematical algorithms of some sort in order to do that. And the challenge is the brain, like you were talking about in your opening comment, mm-hmm. you know, the brain's too slow. The brain is a wonderful thing. Um, you know, it's hyper-creative. It's amazing what we've accomplished as, uh, you know, as uh, as human beings. Um, but, uh, but frankly, at the pace that business happens today, you know, and sometimes the complexity of the... Um, Uh, or the nuance of of the patterns within the data, you know, we really need a machine to sort of do that analysis, kind of like with the Industrial Revolution, you know, machines were able to sort of, um, you know, manufacture goods at a rate that humans just couldn't do um, and was able to dramatically increase the output um, uh, that we we were able to see.
2: Thank you very much. I, I love the analogy. It's not really an analogy, the fact that data coming out is the exhaust and the fuel is driving the analysis. Thank you, David. Let's get Chandran's thoughts on this. Chandran, agree, disagree? Anything you'd like to add to this?
4: Yeah, I completely agree with it. So you know, everything you capture, right? Uh, so anything happen, whatever you are doing it, within the enterprise, outside the enterprise, everything has to be captured in the digital format as in the data. But speaking of the data, uh, in olden days, like in a ten or twenty years before, you captured and only in a certain type of data, which is happening within your enterprise. That could be your key transaction, which goes through your computer system, where you captured the data and you did few things around it. Now things are completely evolved, right? So you have in a data context is expanded. So in a data context, in the sense and it could be your time and space, and where you are, and how you are interacting with it. Everything, right, everything can be captured there. And it's, uh, as David mentioned, uh, the key difference between human and the machines are, uh when it becomes a massive, massive data, and massive, massive information, it's very difficult for a human brain to find out what is this correlation between and a particular thing you are looking for. This is where the machine can help the human to become more, more, and smarter. So that's where you leverage the machines to uh, understand these data and learn from it and help the human to make it a better decision on it.
2: Thank you, Chandra David. Anything you want to add before I move on to another topic in Chandra's list? <clears throat>
3: Uh, you know, it's a, it's a. Uh, I love the the, the way that uh, Chandra uh, sort of finished off there, right? Is how machine learning can assist the human, right? Which is really kind of coming back to that whole idea of of human or person plus machine. Um, you know, is is really sort of the the sort of the future. Uh, you know, and able, and when we talk, start to talk about you know, enabling the intelligent enterprise, it's that combination that's going to be so fundamental to, you know, to building the, you know, what the future looks like.
2: Thank you very much. And now let's move on to a couple of topics here in Chandra's list that look really interesting. Um, Let's talk about machine learning challenges, Chandra. Let me read a little bit, please. The business world is steadily heading toward the prophetic 2018 when, according to McKinsey, the first void in data technology expertise will be fed in felt in the US and then gradually across the rest of the world. So where do the machines come in to help this? Chandran?
4: Yeah, the, the biggest challenges right now is like right, right now we have an, a fantastic machines in place and uh, We have an, an infinite computing uh, the innovations around cloud computing, innovations around uh, new chips and semiconductors, we are at the top of the uh, top levels right now with respect to the machines right now, but the biggest gaps right now is when it comes to the machine learning. You have to bridge these machines, right? You need to teach these machines how it can learn it, how it can understand this particular picture is in a dog, this particular picture is somebody skiing on a uh, on a hill, and these type of learning recurs and building a variety of algorithm and feeding these algorithm into a machine so that machines can become smarter on a day-to-day basis. So this is where lots of machine learning skill sets required, uh, such as data scientists and the machine mm-hmm. learning architects, machine learning specialists on a particular domain. So this is uh, one of the biggest gap we see it in U.S. and as well as around the world. And this is where most of the universities and educational institutions put together many, many programs to bring up this workforce so that they know these techniques, they know this algorithm, they can leverage these capabilities into it. So those is, this is the one of the biggest challenges we see. It. And the second biggest challenge is like NAS, David talked about it, the exhaust, right? So we capture the digital currency as data. We capture so much data and so many different contexts of data. How we are going to manage it, how we are going to Leverage these big data. These are the two big challenges we see in the marketplace.
2: Thank you very much. And and marketplace meaning the business world all over the world. David, would you like to comment? on What Chandran talk to us about?
3: Yeah, you know the it, the, the skills gap is is a really um, uh, you know uh, big challenge. Really, at the end of the day, and and uh, you know in many ways the challenge there is uh you know the, the time it takes to to you know pump um or pump is probably the wrong word, but, you know, move kids through the educational process and, you know, get some degrees.
2: And, <laughs> in, in context, now I understand why you recanted that. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, you know, move them through that educational process and into industry. You know, the, the challenge is things are moving so fast, um, you know, they're, they're, you know it, that the challenge is, you know, the problem is becoming more acute as time goes on. Um, and uh, it, it's almost like uh, there needs to be a retooling, Within much of uh, you know of people within it, within the um, you know within the marketplace today, you know what I mean in the job force and the workforce mm-hmm. today you know to to really sort of uh, you know take that on and for people who are not in that space or want to be in that space it 's a huge opportunity you know the The challenge is that a lot of the you know machine learning does require um you know some uh specialized skill sets and, and knowledge in in math or, or you know background in stem if you like you know typically mm-hmm. um but um but yeah nonetheless it, it is a um an interesting uh opportunity for many people um you know the challenge uh, creates opportunity um so um uh yeah you, you know and then um uh, and then how, how that data gets leveraged, you know, if we can find the people who, who can understand that, uh, you know, that too is a challenge. We often see that uh, with customers. They, they're collecting data or they know they can collect the data, but they don't necessarily know what to do with it and where do they start. Um, and, uh, you know, what problems do they uh, sort of attack, if you like, uh, with machine machine learning?
2: Thank you very much. Chandran, anything you want to comment on that before I move on to another topic from David? Chandran? Chandran?
4: yeah david uh uh concluded very nicely there right so uh the what to do with this this data and that, that seems to be a nice topic actually.
2: Okay, I'm glad we have a nice topic, David. I'm going to bounce back to your not not pump back, bounce back uh, to, <laughs> to 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 your list here. Learning requires active engagement. You say, in human education, active learning, which we know is learning by doing, drives the highest level of information retention. The same applies in machine learning. Taking action, reflecting on the outcomes. I love the the word reflecting in the context of a machine, David. I'm, I'm imagining the machine, uh, something like Watson, putting its hand underneath its chin and saying, hmm, let me reflect on this outcome and adjusting the future actions to incorporate what was learned. Talk to me about this. Is this, is this really humanizing the machine process or how does this work?
3: Yeah, you, you know, a lot of machine learning is sort of, uh, you know, because machine learning at the end of the day is, you know, the, the techniques and approaches that that are, um, you know, adopted are created by humans, right? I mean, here's the wonderful thing about the human brain is, you know, we've created machine learning, right? It's, the machines haven't created machine learning. Humans have created it. But anyway, that's a, a side topic. Um, you know, we, we, we talk about, uh, you know, so, so if we, we sort of uh, step back, right? So uh, we, we talked about, you know, the importance of, if we talk about the term machine learning, we talked about the importance of the machines, right? We need the exhaust. We need the machines to compute. Um, and that's the machine side of machine learning, and now the learning side, very much this idea of active engagement. And that's sort of where I was coming from, too, with that first quote, just do it, right? It's about being active, active in the learning. You know, if you sit there and you wait and you theorize and that kind of stuff, that's not how you learn. The way machine learning happens isn't uh, theorizing, uh, you you know, in in an ivory tower. It's about, uh, you know, empirically looking at data, And 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 in in sort of inferring insights from that, right? Sort of reflecting upon it, um, and reflecting in a way that maybe we don't typically reflect. You know, I like the the, you know with our uh, hand uh, below our chin and staring Mm -hmm. out the window, and you know that wonderful uh, sort of picture. But. um, uh, you know, their kind of you know the reflection that machines typically apply here is much more uh, mathematical, if you like. You know, the it's a different kind of reflection, almost. You know, in terms of uh, you know the the idea of a. Uh, you know the mad science professor. You know jotting. Uh, you know algorithms on a on a whiteboard is probably even the, the better picture there of. You know the the very active kind of reflection on what they're seeing, um, and and creating experiments. Right. It's uh, you know we think we have an insight here. Now let's apply that. Let's test that. Let's adjust you know what we're doing out in the field you know or in the enterprise and let's see what the respo- you know results coming back are you know and so it's a lot of this sort of active testing um kind of uh, reflection you know uh, hypothesize test reflect on what comes back, hypothesize, test, reflect on what comes back, and sort of, you know, constantly iterating through um, in a, uh, you know, in a big way. And so, you know, machine learning also then also means it's it's heavily dependent on sort of a feedback loop, right? This idea of do reflect, sort of adjust, do it again, so on and so forth, constantly over and over and over again. And that really sort of is. Mm-hmm. Sorry, one last thought here is yeah. is why you know machine learning and this idea of uh, enterprise applications is really a perfect pairing. Um, you know, but that's uh,
2: we'll get into that. Um, yes, that's yeah. that's on our list yeah. a little further down. I, I I want to ask you a question, and Chandran as well. And Chandran, I'm going to read your next topic is the need for democratization of machine learning. But let me reflect. You, I love that word, David. Let me reflect back on what you said about uh, needing to more training. Two comments. Number one, do machines ever get tired at the end of the day and say, come on, I've been studying for 12 hours. Can I go play hockey? Can I go take a break reflecting on something that's not a learning cycle? Uh, You know, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat, David. And the other thing is so many people today, we see so much in the news about robots are going to take away human jobs. What will people do, A, to keep occupied, B, to earn a living, and C, to keep economies going? And there might be DEFG through Z. Added to that that query is what will happen. Are, is machine learning where these robots are coming from or fueling these robots, if you will, David Yonker, the robots that are supposed to be taking away so many human jobs? Quick thought on that, and then I'll, I'll ask Chandran as well. Yeah,
3: great question. You know, so machine learning as a category, um, you know, I would say a lot of the the software that's sort of driving uh, robotics would sort of, uh, you know, fit within machine learning as a subcategory. And that Mm -hmm. subcategory would very much be sort of the artificial intelligence side, um, you know, where where these robots are sort of, uh, you know, typically the focus there with a lot of these robotics is sort of mimicking, uh, you know, human behavior, but doing it at a, at a better or faster pace. Um, and, uh, you know, so, but, but we'll see machine learning, you know, um, sort of optimize or automate elements of, uh, you know, other business processes that have maybe been done uh, by humans. Are they going to take away the jobs? You know, it's the same question that... you know, people asked during the Industrial Revolution, right? And and the Luddites landed on the idea that uh, they are taking our jobs. They are sort of destroying our opportunity. And so they went out smashing machines, um, you, you know, and, and others said, no, they're not, they're not. You know, they're providing new opportunities, um, you know, a different kind of work. You know, there is an adjustment that needs to happen in the workforce. It had to happen back then in the Industrial Revolution. It will have to happen now, too, um, and i think that there are uh you know uh, major implications actually uh you know for how we organize society you know there was if you think about the industrial revolution it revolution, you know, there were multiple revolutions that all happened uh, in and around the same time. We saw an industrial revolution, we saw a political revolution very much, you know, a a transition towards more democratic sort of uh, uh, approaches. And we saw a revolution in what it means to, what the family context, what does family even mean? You know, what does a personal lifestyle look like? Um, A lot of those changes, you know, all sort of took place together. I wouldn't be surprised if we as a society... Uh, you know, need to do the same sort of adjustments. We tend to sort of say, well, it's just about jobs, you know, and that's the only thing that's going to be affected. But I think actually the effect will be much broader, right? We will have to see changes in the way we organize uh, our society. So the politics, we'll have to see, we'll see adjustments in the way, what family life looks like, what, our, what work life looks like
2: too. Thank you very much, uh, David. Uh, Chandra, and I'm going to read a little bit about this topic, the need for democratization and machine learning, and, and this will be, I think, a very nice segue from what I just asked David. You say, machine learning capabilities need to be extended to a variety of users in the enterprise, not just the data scientist role. We need to put it in the hands of analysts, developers, and business users in order to have a profound impact on the digital transformation of business. So, Chandran, tell us, is it exclusively in the domain of the data scientist now? Do they put their arms around it, lock the door, and say, nope, it's my machine learning. You can't have it. You can't touch it. You can't talk to it. You can't have any benefit from it. And is it time to open that door and say, yeah, this is really good for so many people in the company, in the industry. Chandran, talk to me, please. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great one, uh, Bodhi. Basically, right now, it is pretty much in the realm of
4: data scientist. Like we talked about the skill set earlier, right? So these are the people who are highly skill set on math and science, as David mentioned, Mm STEM field, pretty much. And they have a deeper knowledge around these uh, mathematical algorithms. Mm -hmm. They build this algorithm and they expanded into the enterprise. The problem is, like, they are a very small number of people, and the number number of use cases, the profound number of use cases, and the applications which enterprise need to evolve in a quicker time frame, requires that more and more people get uh, educated on this one. So the best way to do it is how you can extend this machine learning to everyone, right? Mm -hmm. So how I can extend this machine learning into the analyst who's sitting on the marketing department all you need to know, what are the key set of people I need to target for my next tar, uh, campaign, so that I can get an return on investment rather than spending in a million dollar, how I can spend in a ten thousand dollar in a particular segment so that I can get a good campaign results around that. Right. So these are the things they need. Similarly, for Net developers, I am an application developer. I provide and build in a customer service application, but how I can embed. These machine learning into my application without even knowing this is, these are machine learning, right? And similarly, as a business users, and these are the business users who takes both tactical and strategic decisions on day to day basis. So when I make an a tactical decision, where is my profit that's coming? Why it is coming? How I can increase? Right? See, the, these are the typical things they will have it, and these type of intriguing questions can be answered by machine learning how I can put these machine learning insights into the hands of a variety of users in, inside the enterprise so that we will have an, a profound impact. So to do that, there are two things very, very critical uh, when it comes to a net technology. You need to have the right tool in place, the right platform in place. Tool is in the sense like, now, I can give this tool to an analyst or, and a people who doesn't have these uh, mathematical background and a less on the STEM field who have probably the current workforce I would say, right? How I can give this tool so that leverage this machine learning without even knowing and what is the things are happening underneath the cover, right? All I need and I get in a list of insights. All I need and I build in a simple predictive model, right? And similarly for the platform, you need in a platform where you can preserve all your findings, insights and evolved into an application that can serve into a business users, how I can extend an applications into many, many ways so it can serve my business users who are serving my customers. So those are the two critical pieces. Every enterprise needs to look into it. Is this tool support all my users? Is this platform support all my users? These are the two fundamental questions every enterprise needs to ask.
2: Thank you. Very interesting insights. Uh, We're keeping it now if we're taking a leap from the machine learning to its beneficial insights from the massive data that digital businesses are creating and taking it down to the human level of the people working in that business. How can they all benefit? Very interesting. Uh, David Yonker, I'd love to get your thoughts on this.
3: uh you know i i agree with Chandran, right like if we if we can't uh figure out um you know how to to move things into uh you know across the business um you know or organizations will not reap the uh, the full benefits um and, and you know again not to to sort of well to go back to sort of the analogy of the industrial revolution right like there were mm-hmm. you know the industrial revolution wasn't just sort of a factory it didn't just revolutionize the factory. Um, You know, if you take a look at all of the innovation that happened in and around the industrial revolution and its application, um, you you know, it fundamentally changed every aspect of business, Um, you know, and how a business and an organization operated. Right. And, um, uh, you, you know, probably the biggest change was, uh, you know, the size of organizations. You, you know, companies had never been as big before the Industrial Revolution as they were after. Um, and you saw uh, companies coming to own the end-to-end supply chain like they never did before, actually, before the Industrial Revolution. So there was a dramatic change, but it changed everything from, you, you know, from, uh, you, you know, the manufacturing process to how supplies were delivered, you know, how goods were delivered to to uh, uh, customers, um, you know, and to stores and uh, how, uh, how everything was advertised, um, you know, in essence, every uh, job function was impacted uh, by the innovation coming out of, uh, you know, the industrial machinery. Um, and we'll say the same sort of deal, in my opinion, you know, as it relates to, um, you, you know, computing machinery and machine learning. And it'll be the organizations that embrace it, that, that look at it in new ways and figure out how to apply it, that will be the most successful. Uh, very much like we saw with the Industrial Revolution. Those companies, those pioneers that figured out how to do that in fundamentally new ways to rethink their business are the ones that had the most success.
2: Thank you, David. You you mentioned a few minutes ago machine learning plus enterprise apps are the perfect pairing. I'm thinking of an old. Uh, you're probably too young, and so is John The old. Uh, I think Frank Sinatra sang it. Love and marriage, love and marriage go together like a horse and carriage. Oh, I didn't. I didn't just sing. So is this is this going to be the goal? Can you see uh, CTOs and CIOs and and see. C- EOs CMOs saying, oh, we have to marry our enterprise apps with our machine learning because everybody's going to have a, a great business honeymoon and we're going to go off into the sunset and be wildly successful. Is this something that's breaking news right now, David, for, for our listeners around the world? Is this something that we're telling them they don't know or do they? Uh,
3: the They might. Um, I don't know if they will know. You know, I think that some people will sort of implicitly sort of, grasp the concept, you know what I mean? Um, the, uh, it's sort of like, uh, you know, I remember taking courses in university or, you know, where you would go in and say, well, I didn't know that, but now that you tell me, it makes a whole lot of sense you know, and I could have probably inferred it if I just gave the time to reflect on it. Um, And I feel like machine learning and enterprise apps is the perfect pairing is the same, the same sort of, very much like your, did you say, was it Sinatra who sang that song? I Um, thought
2: so, love it. I'm going to look it up, damn it.
3: (laughs) You know, there's, you know, talking about love and marriage as a, you know, a a pairing, you know, it's like, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. You definitely don't go into marriage if you don't love the person or you shouldn't, (laughs) Um, you you know, and, uh, you know, so there's a natural pairing there. But, um, you know, the machine learning and enterprise apps as a perfect pairing, the reason, uh, you know, they are a perfect pairing is that machine learning has most, you know, machine learning, as we talked about, uh, you can't take the machine out, right? You need the digital exhaust. That digital exhaust is coming from enterprise apps. Within your enterprise, within your organization, how you run your business, it's the enterprise apps that are pumping out that exhaust, that digital exhaust, right? And so that's the thing you want to capture. Uh, and so, you, you know, you're dependent on that. Um, and then, of course, machine learning does its thing. It, 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 it Through active learning or active engagement, it uncovers new insights. Uh, and then you want to sort of adjust or take action based on those insights. And where do you adjust or take action? Well, it's in your enterprise apps, right? So it's the this perfect loop, you know, it's, it's the loop that connects the, uh, the elements together, right? This idea of do, I do that in an enterprise app, I do, I take action, and then I reflect, that's machine learning, taking the digital exhaust and reflecting, mm-hmm. and, and then come up with an adjustment, so I change my enterprise app, I do it again, you know, and so we've got this sort of this circular pattern um, that feeds itself uh, within an organization. Um, so yeah, I think that, you know, the organizations today that are going to have the most success are going to be the ones that figure out that pairing, how they pair that within their line of business, within their organization. Um, Thank you, David.
2: I have to tell you, I did a look up, and it was Love and Marriage. was introduced by Frank Sinatra in the 1955 TV production of Thornton Wilder's Our Town, and he went Ah. on to record it twice, and you may know it as the theme song from Fox TV's show, Married with Children. Remember that one? That's Up. where you and the young ones probably heard the song. I remember it. Of course, I was in the womb in 1955. <laughs> Sorry about that chortle. Chandran, you know what Chandran, I want you to get I want to get you a quick comment from you because we're technically in our crystal ball predictions round, but Chandran, uh, there's one thing in your notes that we didn't cover in depth and just give me about a minute and a half on this. You say empathy and machine learning equals affective computing. What does that mean? Yeah, affective
4: computing is been there for almost last 30, 40 years. It's been evolving very, very slowly, right. mainly because of this uh, the system capability, right? The ability mm-hmm. to process large amount of data, the ability to get the insights very quickly. Uh, the system was very, very slow in the last decade. But in the recent last 10 years, things evolved very highly, right? So this is where the, uh, the affective computing... Into a higher state, it's in a big business. Emotions are a big business, right? As I mentioned earlier, empathy has to be into any one of this intelligent apps, right? So that is where the biggest, uh, but for uh, for the the key competitive di- differentiator when it comes to a customer services, when mm-hmm. this application has an empathy on it.
2: Thank you very much. That was brief and to the point. I appreciate it. And this goes back to the quote you selected from our CEO, Bill McDermott, right? Everything has to start with empathy for the end user. So I think that was a good circle around the block there. David Yonker, time for predictions. I can give you 90 seconds. What will be different, I won't even say for next week, but will you come back with Chandran for part two? I assume you're both coming back for part two. Uh, we will find out very shortly. But what will be different around 2020 in the world of machine learning? Will we still call it machine learning? Will we just call it ML and everybody will know what it will be, what it means? David Yonker, prediction, 60, uh, 90 seconds. I'll be very generous today. Go.
3: Fantastic. Yeah, machine learning. I think as a term will stick around. Uh, You know, maybe maybe some elements will evolve. Maybe we'll talk about artificial intelligence a little bit more. uh, You know, as opposed to machine learning. um, You know, as 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 uh, the capabilities advance. Um, You know, I would say that for machine learning. You know, we still haven't. If you look at you know historically. You know, the way tech has gone, there's always sort of been the killer app, you know what I mean, uh, for technology that people sort of gravitate around. Um, you know, email was a killer app very early on with computers. Um, nobody expected it. It sort of dominated it. Um, you know, the web came along, and that sort of changed. That was a killer app for the Internet, really. You know, it was the web that really sort of revolutionized people's thinking about what is the Internet itself. Um, you know, e, um, you know, mobile devices, uh, all the apps that were on there had their own killer apps, if you like. You know, and, the, and social media, actually, the pairing of social media with mobile. You know, what's the killer app for machine learning and artificial intelligence? You know, people seem very gravitated towards the sort of the car. You know, but I think what we're looking for, the industry will look for is what will capture the consumer's imagination around machine learning, that killer app. Um, and I think that that's the thing that will uh, emerge in a big way by 2020. That's the thing that will propel forward in a huge way, uh, you know, how machine learning will, will sort of change things. Thank
2: you. I want to give Chandra a chance because we're almost out of time. Chandra, 60 seconds for your prediction. I know you're ready. Go.
4: Yeah, sure, Bonnie. So the biggest thing uh, when it comes to 2020, probably this machine learning term will be probably grayed out and it will become more of an artificial intelligence. And probably we would see in many categories of an artificial intelligence. That's my prediction. Thank you very much. Yes. Yep. Yeah. When it comes to 2020, I would say the convenience matters, right? So uh, Mm -hmm. do I need to go from here to London uh, in an hour or 10 hours? So this is where this whole artificial intelligence and everything is going to evolve around this.
2: Thank you very much. And now one quick prediction, Mr. Yonker, what is going to be our topic for Part 2 next week, next Wednesday here on Coffee Break, real fast.
3: We're going to dig into the uh, more advanced topics around uh, machine learning. So, um, you know, uh, 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 around, uh, you know, image recognition, uh, you know, text uh, uh, understanding, contextual understanding, those sorts of elements of uh, machine learning.
2: Thank you very much. Will you two be back and joined by somebody else, or just the two of you? Can you predict that real fast?
4: I can predict it. We are getting it through brand new people.
2: Oh, okay, good. I'm looking forward to meeting them. I want to do a shout-out to Kevin at the Business Channel team for getting us on the air and keeping us there, and I have my call to action. It's time to say goodbye. But remember, mark your calendar next Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern do the calculation wherever you are. Get machine learning to help you with the clock insights if you need to. I say that with love, not with sarcasm. And we'll be back with part two of Machine Learning Trends. Can't wait to hear more. David Yonker, Chandran Saravana. Uh, here's my call to action. Finally, fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Be like David. Be like John. Go out and be a game changer today, right now. It's a beautiful day. Get some fresh air. I'll talk to you tomorrow with two live shows, 10 a.m. Eastern and 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Business Channel. Bonnie D. Graham saying bye-bye.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, R A D I O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.